What's up, everybody? Welcome to Building Our Power. This is Gabby. And KT. And we're back with another episode. Sorry, guys. You weren't here last week, but we are back. You can hit us up at Building Our PWR. Um, if you'd like to donate to the work we're doing, you can do so. Link is in the description. If you'd like to join us in Memphis, you can do so. Link is in the description. Ooh, give us about one or two more weeks. I just got into a new uh, job, so I'm trying to get situated with all that. But once I get settled down, we will be ready to hit the streets again. Um, so today, we want to talk about um, two things. Really quickly, we want to talk about this whole monkeypox thing. And then we wanted to read um, this essay, Black Arm Joy, um, and talk about you know black theory of insurrectionary anarchy. Okay, so as we know, uh, monkeypox has now been declared a health emergency. Um, there are 6,000, quote-unquote, reported cases of monkeypox. But we know that because of homophobia, and they are literally turning down anybody who is not gay to get tested, those numbers are significantly low. So something interesting that we found was a list of things a list of um, activities that were considered high-risk activities and low-risk activities. And so we just wanted to read those and kind of talk about them real quick. Uh, this was posted by the New York Times. It says, what puts someone at high risk of catching monkeypox? High risk, contact with infected skin, lesions, which may occur during sex, cuddling, hugging, or massaging. Touching contaminated bed bedding, towels, clothes, and sharing utensils. Medium risk, crowded indoor parties or raves. Low risk, trying on clothes in a store or touching door handles and counters. Sitting on public transportation or going to an office or school, of course. So here's my question, and this is the question to you guys as well. How is hugging, cuddling, and massaging Touching contaminated clothes, towels, and bedding, sharing utensils, not the same thing as going to the office or going to school, or not the same thing as being in a crowded indoor party or rave. Do you know how many kids are in a school? Yes. Do you know how much, whenever they go to school, how they touch each other's utensils? Mm-hmm. You, do you remember in school, what did they? Ha- how did they have their utensils in a... In like a plastic little round thing, mm-hmm. and everybody picked out the same jar... How can you tell us that that is not going to contract monkeypox? Kids do. Kids will literally, they're going to be hugging. They're going to be giving each other kisses. They're going to be going to each other's cubbies and touching each other's clothes. Yes. They share food, so they definitely share utensils. An indoor party literally is going to have sex. It's going to have massage. It's going to have hugging. It's going to have cuddling. And it's going to have contaminated clothes. It's a crowded indoor party. All of these are the same thing. But what we Notice, and a lot of people on Twitter noticed, high risk is things that will not necessarily make us money. Low risk are things that are going to make us money. So I, can, I can't touch contaminated clothes, okay? That's high risk. But I can go to a random store where people I do not know have gone to try on clothes and try those clothes on again. That's not high risk. I can go to a public transportation, an office, a school, where 
We will be sharing pencils. We'll be sharing all types of things. Seats. Like Seat, it, yeah. It's very crowded spaces, okay? You can go to an office where all your hundred-something employees are. You can go to a school where all your hundreds of thousands of children are. You can go to all these places, uh, to, to grocery stores, things like that, where everybody is touching uh, groceries and putting it back and touching mm-hmm. it and putting it back. Mm-hmm. But don't you dare go to a rave. And don't you dare have sex. Well, or you can massage. go to a rave, but you can't get a massage. Yeah, yeah. Don't get a massage. Yeah. Um, and I feel like they're going to even change the massage thing too soon because the massage people going to be lobbying and saying something. So, ultimately, guys, okay, here's the deal. Can't Joe Biden me. is literally worse than Trump. At this point, I'm sorry to say it. I know people going to be shocked. Joe Biden is worse than Trump. Joe Biden literally took Trump's terrible COVID policies, made them worse. And now he's doing got monkeypox, and he's doing the same thing that Trump did in the beginning. We literally have two health emergencies, and he is doing nothing. There's no mask mandate. They said he was going to bring the mask mandate because it was the judges who had overturned it, right? Do you right? remember that? Oh, yeah. my gosh. I'm, like, thinking back, and you just refreshed my memory they that was like one of the points that they wanted people to vote for Joe Biden for because he was gonna keep masks and he was gonna listen to the health professionals. Yeah. What? Yeah, but you can listen to the health professionals when you tell them what to say. Of course. And so yeah, we're left here to die pretty much. Um, but that again, that goes back to why they're pushing for abortion to be banned. Because at that point, they can essentially force us to have children. Yeah. And uh, recoup the population. I mean, at this point, I guess they figured monkeypox is not life-threatening. Yeah, you will have lesions on your face, but you can go to work. You'll be fine. You can work yeah. from home. You can go to the factory. Go to work. So, you know, maybe it's going to wake a couple more people up that ain't already been awoken up because people are scared of looking, quote-unquote, ugly, which is, which is ridiculous. But, um... You know, not your lungs have fallen apart no, for COVID not death. or death or anything like that. Just, uh, you know, just your face aesthetic. Yeah, we would hate that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, guys, we'll, we'll put that little uh, graphic in our video. All right, so now we're going to read Black Arm Joy. We're going to get through most of it. Um, some notes toward a black theory of insurrectionary anarchy. It's... The authors are anonymous, and uh, the introduction goes, This essay was inspired partially by one of our comrades while we were discussing the failures of nonviolence as a tactic and philosophy. She said something along the lines of, quote, I was raised by radicals from the 1960s and 70s. If you were a panther and you got caught, you were doing something wrong, unquote. Design is a product of a variety of conversations among black anarchists in the post-George Floyd rebellion. Although many of these strands of thoughts have existed prior to this moment, we have three questions we hope to address in this design. What would an insurrectionary anarchist position thoroughly rooted in black radicalism and black revolt mean? How does the current white insurrectionary anarchist milieu fail? How can black revolutionaries extend the insurrection? What is insurrectionary anarchy? To those who are unfamiliar, anarchism does not mean chaos, nor does insurrection mean mindless destruction. Anarchism is the concept of social self-rule 
etymologically translating from anarchos in Greek, meaning no rulers. Therefore, in the words of Elder Lorenzo Irvin, quote, anarchists are social revolutionaries who seek a stateless, classless, voluntary, cooperative federation of decentralized communes based upon social ownership, individual liberty, and autonomous self-management of social and economic life. When we discuss insurrectionary anarchism, we're discussing a tendency within the anarchist movement that focuses on insurrection as the primary revolutionary practice. Insurrection, meaning the social phenomenon of unmitigated rebellion, the forceful redistribution of private property, land, and justice by the unsettled masses. The concept of attacked and constant conflictuality with hierarchical forces is central to insurrectionary anarchism. Insurrectionary anarchists do not believe that we can simply, quote, dual power or, quote, vote our way to freedom. The institutions which currently uphold racial capitalism and all other forces of domination must be smashed. There can be no revolution without revolutionaries who must be engaged in taking militant actions against the state and capital. Finally, insurrectionary anarchists value the self-activity of the masses as important. While not neglecting organization, insurrectionary anarchists understand that insurrectionists as a revolutionary phenomenon are social, not military. The self-activity of the exploited and the oppressed drives revolution, not the actions of Leninist parties or so-called revolutionary unions. Insurrectionary emphasizes the informal nature of revolution and organization. The revolution to destroy the world happens from the bottom up and includes all or does not occur at all. We define the terms of insurrectionary anarchism. Here, before we launch into our critique, to clarify for readers who are unfamiliar and to avoid any confusion. Okay, so uh, from what I got from the explanation of anarchism, the way they explain it, it is a system that, you know, has no governing body, no ruling class. Um, Everything is voluntary. You can voluntarily um, choose to participate with a certain group of people. And work and, uh, you know, make sure everybody's needs are met or you don't have to. You can go on by yourself and do whatever it is you want to do. Um, but there will also, there will be some type of, whether it's organized or what, some type of system where, you know, even if you're not living with people, um, everybody can still come together when needs need to be met. Right. Um, and so it's pretty much that, like. Katie said it's it's a rejection of all hierarchies that may, you know, pop up in any other system. There's no one group of people that's deciding what how the the rest of the the group is going to run. Everybody decides for themselves. You either opt in or you opt out. Um so as far as the insurrection insurrectionary part, um insurrection, okay, you know we we know January 6th. Uh, insurrection is pretty much, you know, the rebellion going over there, taking, taking the, taking the land back, uh, removing the, those in power and destroying any of these, uh, systems, physical systems of oppression. 
And this principle of insurrectionary anarchism, it's, it's ever, it doesn't stop because, you know, even if you, you know, create this anarchist society, there can be, a, you know, a chance that people may be like, ah, well, maybe we don't like anarchism no more. Maybe we like power. And you have to be ready. You have to always be ready to challenge these hierarchies when they pop up. Even now, in, in your daily uh relationships or organizations or whatever, when you see them hierarchies start to pop up, you see a certain group of people taking over the conversation, certain privileged groups getting the voice, you need to be, you need to be, uh, whether it be physically or intellectually, uh, being insurrectionary in them spaces and saying, yeah, we ain't going that way. We're not doing that. We, we are rebelling against this white supremacist model of doing things, this capitalist model. And uh, they talked about, you know, revolution being more so social than military. And, you know, um, with communism, you know, it's a lot of emphasis on organization. Organization, we need a military with, with guns. Or we need to train, we need to do this and do that. Um this kind of reminds me of what we were reading with Manny Marables uh, two weeks ago when he was talking about, you know, everybody that's going to be fighting with you is not going to be an anarchist or a communist. Right. And everybody's not going to necessarily agree with everything that you got going on. Um, and you might not, you won't even be able to plan all the way about how things will go. People right. are unpredictable and you can have all the, the best plans and the best intentions in the world and then not go that way. So that doesn't mean don't read. That doesn't mean don't, you know, organize people and try to get some type of uh, uh, outline of what it is you, we want to fight for, what it is we're trying to do. But just know that it's not going to be like, Bam, bam, bam! All structured, all all perfectly lined out. It's going to be messy. It's not easy, right? Like yeah. whenever we look at these uh, so-called uh, revolutionaries on Twitter, in the Twitter sphere, who's read all these Marxist, Leninist books, whatever, 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 they're always talking about it needs to be this way, it needs to be that way. No, we get to decide. We get to decide what works best. And at the end of the day, if what works best doesn't work, we stop it and we do something else. Towards a black insurrectionist anarchy. Quote, it is our duty to fight for our freedom. It is our duty to win. We must love each other and support each other. We have nothing to lose but our chains. Chains, unquote, Asada Shakur. The critical moment. It is imperative that we develop a black insurrectionary anarchist position. The history of black struggle in this country is a history of revolt by any means necessary. It is a history of constant attack by the black masses against the capitalist and colonial powers which enslaved black people. 2020 reminded many of us this history and legacy. Despite this, many black liberals hope to erase the George Floyd rebellion from our memories. Many on the black left hope to do the same as they can suck us into the same 50-year-old organizations that have failed to produce anything other than symbolic protests and useless conferences. Our history. Going even further, many on the more reformist and authoritarian ends of the black left wish to reduce the history of black people and black radicals down to simply formal organization. Despite lifting up figures such as Asada, they label any sort of black rebellious activity as, quote, 
too fast or, quote, not ready. Or complain about the ultra-left ruining their plans for revolution despite the rebellious actions of black youth in the summer of 2020. They do not want black people to study the Black Liberation Army's tactics. They wish to erase Quasi Balagun and his rebellious ways. They wish to erase how Asada Shakur was liberated. They wish to ignore the Maroons. They just want us to participate in the reformist campaigns to, quote, defund the police or, quote, community control of the police. The black insurrectionary must reject these positions. The coming insurrection. We seek unmedicated and uncompromising conflict with state and capital. It is abundantly clear that last summer the black masses proved they were uninterested in defund or community control, instead opting to fight cops and loot businesses. We reject nonviolence and compromise. In the words of Elder George Jackson, quote, we must accept the eventuality of bringing the USA to its knees, accept the closing off of critical sections of the city with barbed wire, armored pig carriers crisscrossing streets, soldiers everywhere, Tommy guns pointed at stomach level, smoke curling black against the daylight sky, the smell of cordite, house-to-house searches, doors being kicked in, the commonness of death, unquote. We all saw the third precinct in Minneapolis burn to ashes. We reject tactical arrest. We reject symbolic protests and marches that continually lead to more violence from the police with nothing in return. We share a fundamental belief that the black insurrectionists should seek to dismantle all oppressive systems, even within the so-called radical organizations and scenes. Living anarchy means living by principle. Living by principle means we dismantle systems as best we can in the world at this moment. The importance of attack. Although there have been some formations such as Salish C. Black Autonomous, which have linked black radicalism and insurrectionary anarchy, we feel that it is continually important to point to how attack and conflictuality are central to any serious black anarchist politics concerned with revolutionary change. With the resurgence of interest in black anarchic forms of radicalism, with the works of William C. Anderson, Zoe Samuzzi, the Anarchatas, the Lorenzo Comboa Irving, we think it's important that black anarchists do not fall into the trap of believing that only prefiguration will be enough for a revolution. We must physically attack the white power structures by any means necessary. Simply building black-owned co-ops is not enough. While we believe the work of the people in cooperation, Jackson, is important, it's insufficient to simply build co-ops to opt out of capitalism when the reality is that the state could easily repress these communes through laws or through sheer force. There is no way out of the capital nightmare but through relentless attack, struggle, experience, and introspection. All right, so pretty much that first part was talking about, you know, how a lot of people love to bring up the revolutionary leaders, like Asada Shakur, which reminds me, okay, I went to this open mic <laughs> a week and a half ago, right? Okay. And it was these Ankh Hotep dude, of course, <laughs> doing they little, we was kings and queens. Uh, they was doing their little poetry thing. They brought up the name Asada Shakur. <laughs> They brought up the name of all these political prisoners and Malcolm X and everybody. But why in every damn poem they was talking about, pull your pants up, the effemination of the black man, the gay agenda, (laughs) stop being a hoe and stop being a slut. I said, y'all just be bringing up these names 
just to bring them up because you obviously ain't read nothing that these folks didn't read been written. Mm-mm. It's just an aesthetic. That's what it is. It's a uh, personality they've done adapted. Yeah, just like the white people with with uh, Ingalls and Marx and all these yes, other people. Yes, correct. It's 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 a cosplaying. It's it's the cosplaying. That's what it is. Um. And a lot of these organizations, nonprofits or whatever, they they put on these names. They get these names of of these leaders who was actually about something, and they use that to ride on. And uh, just like they did MLK. I mean, we talked about this in another episode, right? Where they did all of that uh, MLK type of marketing during MLK weekend here in Memphis. And then it ultimately, what did they end up doing? Like, literally, they bust all the homeless people somewhere completely different than downtown during that time. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And then um, they were talking about how, yeah, they'll, they'll put these names on. They'll, they'll invoke these names of these revolutionaries. But then when people now in 2022 try to do the exact same thing those people did back then, mm-hmm. oh, you're doing too much. You're going too fast. Oh, you're you're too radical. You can't do it like that. You're not you're not following the process. Well, why are you even bringing these people up? Why ain't we supposed to be doing what they doing? Y'all ain't break. Y'all ain't trying to break nobody out of jail. Yes. Y'all ain't trying to really commit no quote unquote crimes. Uh, we just sitting here and maybe gonna go to the White House and lobby some. Like, come on, be serious. Okay. Uh, the next part they were <laughs> talking them. about was um. Yeah, just saying how, you know, this is real. This is real life. This is real deal. We talk about this all the time. This is not no game. This ain't no patty cake. This will be violent. This it. We're talking about the entire this the superstructure that is America. The thing that's running this entire world, pretty much. The yeah. one that's got military bases all over the place. Like, you, when you come through this thing, you got to come correct. You got to know what you're fighting for. You got to believe it with all your heart. Yep. Because this is not for the weak. And it's not going to be won through tactical arrest. It's not going to be won through protest. It's not going to be won through uh, uh, infiltrating. Somebody said infiltrating the damn cops. <laughs> oh, my God. It's not going to be run through none of that shit. It's not going to be run through the church. Nobody. It will be won by the people on the streets from the bottom up. The bottom up using all types of strategies to hit capitalism where it hurts and to take our shit back. Um, and then the last thing they were talking about was uh, something that it's true. I mean, even I mean, this convicted me because, you know, I, I talk all the time about, you know, I just can't wait till I get me some money. I'm going to get me some land and I'm going to go off grid and nobody talk to me and nothing like that. And, um, I mean, I could do that. I can live my little anarchism fantasy, but it's not real life. I'm still living in a, a, a capitalist country. And if America one day wants to do eminent domain, kick me out, burn my place up, they can do so. So you can go away and be an individual and not care about the community if you want to. Do a little co-op, do a little commune, but you're not really about the cause. They don't make you an anarchist. You're not helping people to, to be liberated. You just cosplaying. You just you be, you being a libertarian. So uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I got from the thing. What did you get, KT? I mean, I essentially got the same thing that this isn't like in all that they said, based on like our history and and uh, literally from from the very first paragraph to the end paragraph that you just read. What I got was this is serious. 
Y'all got to stop playing around. You got to stop holding hands with the state, with capitalists. You have to stop compromising with them. You have to stop pretending like they are legitimate. Mm -hmm. And we must destroy them. And this is something that is serious because you're dealing with people's lives. It's not a play. Yeah. That's what I got. That's what I got from those those paragraphs. And I feel like you can't if you if you can't even agree with that little basic little thing, you can't call yourself no anarchist. You really can't call yourself a leftist. I mean, do whatever it is you want to do. But if you're thinking like this whole lockhead Martin thing, the people what that are fi- you know the the lady the uh, not the lady whoever it was that was working for lockhead Martin was cosplaying saying they had no money said they needed money for their mortgage literally working for a military organization. And people were over there defending them, saying, well, they provide trans health care. This is a capitalist society. There's no ethical consumption under capitalism. And it's like... Liberals love that. That's the best thing that could have ever came up. Literally. Because that literally is their get-out-of-jail-free card. Baby, I can do whatever it is I want. Like, obviously, duh, Jennifer, but like... Okay, we can still hold people accountable. Nope, I'm finna run this water all night because there is no, no ethical, ethical consumption, consumption under capitalism. I'm finna throw all this food. I'm just finna waste this food. I'm not finna do this. I'm not finna do that. No ethical consumption. Um, so yeah, th- anybody that's defending that, you are not. You now, you definitely can't call yourself a leftist because you're literally saying that a, a handful of trans people receiving. Healthcare that you can get under Obamacare. I know I have Obamacare. It's worth more than the millions of displaced people, the the thousands, hundreds of thousands of people murdered, the people poisoned, the people permanently disabled. They're, By the military actions. It's, it's worth more than that. So you you white supremacists, obviously. <laughs> xenophobic, and you really do love America. Mm-hmm. Because th- there should be no if ands, or buts about that. There's no if ands, or buts about working with the military. There's no if ands, or buts about working with cops. It cannot be infiltrated. And if you are a part of those systems, you are a part of the problem. No, it's not the same thing as working for Amazon. Amazon does a lot of bad stuff. Terrible things. Horrible organization. Jeff Bezos is the devil. But if you're literally working for the machine that has the guns and is going over there and killing people, that, that cannot be justified at all. There's a thousand jobs in America. You did not have to take that one. And then you're making good money. It's not like you a janitor or something like that. Like, you can go anywhere and work. Okay, some of these folks ain't serious. And I just want, uh, we're going to come back to this. There's a lot more to read because they're going to be talking about white insurrectionary anarchists uh, for the next episode. So y'all stay tuned for that. But until then, you can hit us up at Building RPWR. Let us know what you think. Uh, comment on YouTube if you have any comments. We'll reply there. Um, and if you'd like to donate to the work we're doing, you can do so. Link is in the description. Um, hit KT up at KT underscore Desart. Hit me up at Gabby's Music. And I think that's it. This has been Gabby. And KT. And this has been Building Our Power.